and welcome to episode 32 of the Sports and Spirituality Show here. Uh, we are so glad you've joined us. Uh, this podcast made possible by our friends at uh, the Fairfield County Sports Network and Price Custom Homes. They're family owned and operated uh, for nearly 50 years. They can help you from the very beginning to the very end of your home building process. They can be contacted 614-496-0513. That's Mitch and Greg Price at Price Custom Homes. They can also be found on the web, pricecustomhomes.com. The right home, the right time, the right price. Uh, We thank you for your sponsorship of the Sports and Spirituality Show. My name is Steve Rapp. I want to say a special thank you to our friends at WLRY 88.9 Radio for Life, airing this podcast every Saturday morning at 11 a.m., and our friend George Chatter's uh, internet radio called Save Radio for broadcasting this podcast on Mondays on Save Radio. Our regular co-host is a young lady who has a lot of skills and talents and abilities. So she has lots of ways to love on people, but she has a special struggle. A couple of them that maybe we'll learn about um, even later uh, on this podcast. Uh, something about tone issues, but um, also um, a thing that I like to call um, uh, self-deception. It is a wonderful thing when you can live in a self-deceptive world. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and uh, you are the only one that lives there, and you have um, you uh, an inappropriate perception of yourself, um, and yet uh, you're very, very happy. This very, very happy person that I'm speaking of is Kelsey Bowles. She's with Young Life Lancaster. Welcome back to episode 32 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. You mean Steve, because that description is describing yourself. How, how do you figure? Because it's you. What, what? You live in a self-deceived, self-deceived world. I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Give me uh, one thing that I am deceived about myself, and then I'll give you one. Maybe we can play a little ping pong <laughs> with this. <laughs> um, some of your athletic abilities. Oh, really? Yeah. You think you're better than you actually are. Oh, really? Give me one example of that. Ice skating. Ice skating. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. So uh, we're going to go up to the chiller, and you're going to beat me in hockey? Yep. Yeah, you told me that. Yep. Yeah. Why haven't you set a date for that? <laughs> well, I know, because you know I'm going to crush you. No, because you're like one of the busiest people I know. Okay, well, that's okay. So set a date at uh-huh, a time. Uh-huh. We'll head up to the chiller. Okay. We'll get us a couple of hockey sticks in the hockey puck. I actually have the hockey pucks. Oh, great. Um, and uh, I will crush you. Great. Yeah. So I'm not self-deceived on that. The thing you're self-deceived on is the fact that you think... (laughs) I did not ask for this. I I said we would play a little ping pong. You would tell me how deceived I am. I need to tell you how deceived you are. Um, You think you're a sports fan, and obviously you're not. (laughs) You don't know anything about sports. That's not true. Earlier today I was talking about zone defense. Oh, were you? Yeah, one-on-one in basketball. Really? Yeah, man-to-man. Yeah. <laughs> woman to woman? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it depends. It's a guy's game or a gal's game. That's very true. Uh, well, uh, you you don't know anything about sports. All uh, right. You're definitely not a fan. So that's a self-deception thing. You say, oh, I wear the gear. I must be a fan. Oh, I like I them better the than games. the other team. I, I go want to them games. to win. And I don't know anything about the game or the people. So, I know yeah. plenty uh, about games. Yeah. Yep. I, don't, I don't believe it. Um, so give me another thing I'm, I'm deceiving myself on. Um, because uh, you seem to have lots of things, and now you can't. When you lose two. something, uh-huh. you like to forget about it, such as yeah. 
the 2021 March Madness bracket challenge. Yeah. You lost uh-huh. to me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you just ignore that often. No. No, I don't. That's not a self-deception thing. I put the past where it belongs <laughs> in the past. You're proving my and point. And I want to live in the present. Kelsey, I would recommend that you live in the present. Um, a young girl like you, uh, you don't have much of a past, so you better move on to the present because you don't have time. You're going to waste your life thinking about the past and worrying about the past and focused on the past. And that is the other self-deception thing I wanted to bring up, and I'm so glad you brought it up. All right. Yeah. Last week, you told a lie on this podcast. What did I say? And I need to get that fixed. Okay, let's fix it. And uh, you live in this self-deceptive world that, (laughs) oh, it's, look, um, I won last year, so you won this year. And this is the lie you told. What did I tell? You said, now we're even. Okay. And this gal who says that I uh, don't focus on the past enough obviously forgets two years ago when I crushed you in the the March Madness bracket. Of um, 2020? Yes, ma'am. We played each other? Yes, we did. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. Fascinating. I'm assuming yeah. you have proof. Uh, I don't. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it it might have been 19. Uh, we have played before, and I beat you. Remember? Uh, because your tag name was a bunch of bull. B-O-H-L. It, my a, name is that because that's what... That was the creative thing that came out of my husband's mouth. Correct. And that that happened several years ago when you and I were in radio. Okay, and I okay. beat you then. This but is see, ringing a bell. Yeah. And you don't remember that. You say, oh, we're Did even you now. you remember we're not beating even. me? You remember beating me. Yes, ma'am. I don't think you won the challenge because it was multiple people from the office. Uh, don't. Not the office. The don't. Show, but like uh, the create, radio office. Uh, cloudiness with extra details. Okay. So you're I literally painting the past to be what you want it to be the truth the truth is you don't I beat have you. Proof. we yes i have proof I, I asked for it and you just said you don't have it i i don't have the, the marking but with this the proof i have okay what you the remember proof? me beating you i don't i do you, not remember you i said don't you think did. i do know i you do just not, said you did i don't think i said that you did you we'll said roll oh, the tape back. that's uh <laughs> Roll the tape back. Wow. <laughs> what a girl from the past. Uh, we're using tapes now? Um, uh, yes. Uh, you said, oh, that's ringing a bell. Yep, that's ringing a bell. Meaning ring- you remembered it. No, what's ringing a bell is ha- being in the same bracket challenge uh-huh. group in yes. the past. Yes. Because I do believe you're right. When yeah. we were on radio together, uh-huh. yep. I do think our group was in a we were a challenge we were several people from the the radio office at the time yeah i don't think you won i beat you i don't think you have any proof of that or memory of it i i I have definite memory of it and so do you you have revisionist past you just uh revise things that happened in the past to remember them how you want to remember them Uh uh-huh yep Really, that happens. That yes, yeah. yes, it does in your world. Huh, interesting. No, it doesn't. The and truth so you is, have the I pr- beat you, no. so it were not even. If you I don't think ever you won. beat me again, I don't think you won. Which you I won't. don't know where you placed. I don't remember where I placed. I pa- placed ahead of you. You don't know that. I do know you that. You don't know that. Trust me. Show me you, the proof. If you had beaten me, I would have definitely remembered that. But what I'm saying is, I would have been on I suicide watch because you would have beat me twice. Someone yeah. else won. Yeah, but I beat you. 
You this don't is know. The whole no, point I'm no, making. No, no, uh, no. The whole point I'm making is I've beaten you more than you have beaten me. So that uh, here's what we here's can agree the math. on. Uh, here's won't you check with your husband Josh, who's in the numbers? Um, I have beaten you more than you've you beaten me. You haven't because Therefore, you have no we're not proof. Even. You have no proof. So we are even until you have proof. Your accountant husband say, show me the receipts, right? <laughs> Not an accountant. Oh, yes. Finance. Finance. The finance husband of yours would, uh, would say, well, show me the receipts, right? Yes. Okay. So. You know what? I think I will be able to find it. All right. Please do. Okay. Um, I can't wait. But well, here's the thing. You already know that I'm right. You know that I'm right. You Because here's the deal. <laughs> if you had beaten me, you would have been talking about that ad nauseum. No, I wouldn't have been because yep. I move on from things. Things like this much quicker than one who is sitting across from me. Really? Yeah. The woman who kept telling me, I won last year, I won last year, I, I won last you year. You brought it up. Okay, but you brought up the past. Okay. Okay? It's like, oh, I don't bring up the past. I don't live in the past like you do or go back and revise history. No, the history is I beat you in the past. Show me you the proof. You got lucky last year. Show me the proof you beat me last year. Oh, I have it. I have screenshots. <laughs> don't you worry. Because I know who I'm dealing with. Okay, well, here's the deal. You know what? I think I can actually go, because I still have the app, um, the ESPN app. and I, Great. We did it that way, so I can probably go back so i can probably prove uh that that happened i can't wait to see here's what we can agree on i do think we both agree and remember that we were in a challenge together before yes but in my mind i think there could have been multiple years but maybe not yeah i think there were okay and i beat you every time except last year I don't... So we're not even. That's the way the math works. Show me the proof, and then I will concede. Okay. I do think it is likely that you probably ranked higher than me, but if you're not first, you didn't win. Really? Yeah. So... Um, All I needed to hear you say is I ranked higher than you. Probably. (laughs) But until I see the proof, we're even. Huh. You, you have know, no proof. You know, this is the sports and spirituality part. You know what spirituality is, has a lot to do with? Faith. And that is <laughs> believing uh, what is true. And uh, without having concrete proof. You know what is true. You know I beat you. You know I, I scored higher than you uh, on these things. So Look it up. Go when find you say, them. oh, you won this year, now we're even. We're not we're even. We're even until you have proof. <laughs> I'm crushing <laughs> you, and you know that's the truth. Until you have proof. You don't need the proof. You need need to increase your faith (laughs) (laughs) so that uh, you know the truth. This is episode 32. What's 32 mean to you? Nothing. You got to be kidding me. Do you got something? I do. All right, let's hear it. No, I want to hear you first. I have nothing. 32 doesn't mean anything to you. You can't think of one thing that 32 means to you. Not a... Uh, do you know any sports figures that wore the number 32? Nothing's coming to me. Okay. When I thought about episode 32, okay. the absolute very first person I thought about uh-huh. is a guy named Irvin Magic Johnson. Great. Does this thing ring any bells to you? Yeah, Magic all? Johnson, basketball player. That's correct. Where did yeah. he go to college? Couldn't tell you. He went to... Did he play for the Magic? Uh, <laughs> he did not. <laughs> 
Is that a basketball team? <laughs> it is. That's a pro team, so that's good. The Orlando Magic. No, he played for the Los Angeles Lakers back in what they called the Lake Show, uh, Showtime, because uh, they were, of course, in L.A., and they were really, really, really good. He was one of the reasons they were really good. Now he's an announcer? Um, or no? N- uh, he, he may have, he does some, that, that, no, that's not uh, his main gig. He's actually. Was he in Space Jam? Uh, he might have been. Okay. He might have been. I, I don't know. I didn't see much of Space Jam. What? No. Wow. I've not been. I've not really been into that franchise uh, thing. I mean, it wasn't really a franchise. Well, they, they've until done two recently. or three of them. Two. They just yeah. did a remake. Right with LeBron. Sure. I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but I would love to. Yeah. Yeah, I did hear uh, something about that, and uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Uh, it's not one of those uh, must sees for me. But Magic Johnson. Uh, played for uh, the uh, he played at Michigan State, Michigan State University, and uh, then of course he played in the NBA. Uh, just an outstanding player. So when I uh, <clears throat> when I think of the number thirty two, he's the first guy I think of, and I understand now that the number thirty two jersey's been retired by plenty of NBA franchises: the Portland Trailblazers, Utah Jazz, Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, of course the Lakers, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, and the Detroit Pistons. Um, and so, to me, the greatest number 32. They all retired that number for him? Uh, well, I don't think it's for him, but for oh. other players in their uh, organizations that wore that number. Uh, so but, if you retire a number, like the Lakers retired 32 for mm-hmm. Magic Johnson. Correct. No one else can wear 32? That's correct. Now, how I mean, if you retire so many players, eventually all your numbers will be gone, right? They would, and so I think they're very selective uh, about what numbers they retire and what ones they don't. Okay. Um, uh, but um, uh, yeah, they uh, <coughs> they're a little more selective uh, on those kinds of things um, and careful uh, on uh, the retirement of numbers. Um, but uh, you can actually. Uh, you could seek permission. So years down the road, this, this player's really, really, really good. It actually would be an honor, right, uh, to wear a number um, of somebody like uh, Magic Johnson. And so you could petition him, even if the number has been retired, uh, you could petition him, and uh, he could give you permission to wear that number. Like Magic would have to give that permission? Correct, and okay. probably the Lakers organization okay. as well. Um, this is uh, the way it works in college. They'll retire numbers in college, and it actually happened for Ohio State. Number 22 was Jimmy Jackson, and his jersey is in the rafters at the Schottenstein Center. Well, Malachi Branham came to Ohio State, and he wore number 22 throughout high school, and he wanted to wear it in college. So he sought permission from uh, Jimmy Jackson. Jackson, and Jackson gave him permission uh, to wear his jersey, so he wore that jersey number. It looks like he's a, a one-and-done kid, uh, meaning he's probably going to end up in the NBA uh, this year and won't be back. Uh, so obviously he was a really good player, right? Um, and so uh, from Jackson's standpoint, who is a broadcaster, um, from his standpoint, yeah, that's an honor that this guy was really good and, and wore his number as well. Uh, when he leaves, that number will, will be retired again. And uh, if somebody else wanted to wear that number, they could seek his permission. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So number 32, Irvin Magic Johnson. The guy was a tremendous player. The thing I loved most about him uh, was his passing ability. So good at passing the basketball. He also was very photogenic, had a big, bright smile, great energy. He was charismatic. um, And uh, so I loved that about Magic Johnson. So 32, 
means Magic Johnson to me. Great. Now, uh, we've got a guest on the program, and uh, we got to get to that guest, but I want to ask you one other question. This week, I think, uh, represents uh, what is, for me, the greatest day in sports. Do you happen to know what that is? The greatest day in sports. Single day in sports. Um... Is it referen- in reference to one sport alone? Uh, well, in this case, two. Um, okay. And the sports are a little different. And that is opening day. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Well. I didn't say it, so you're you not going to. Yeah, no, I'll give you permission. Okay. I'll give you uh, credit for that. Okay, thank yeah, you. I, I believe you were going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but opening day, baseball. The greatest it got pushed back, right? It did. Okay. And so it's later. Uh, but the greatest day, single day in sports for Steve Rao personally, is when opening day corresponds with, uh, on a Monday, that the Final Four championship game is played. It's happened on several occasions, and to me, it's the greatest day in sports. Um, and uh, we're recording this on a Friday. On Thursday night, my favorite uh, Major League Baseball team, the Cincinnati Reds, uh, played uh, last night, opening day, and beat the defending World Series champion, Atlanta Braves, uh, by a 6-3 score. What a great start to the season. Great start to the season. Uh, so, really, uh, super excited. It is my favorite time of year. Now, this year it corresponded with the first round of the Masters Golf Tournament. Yes. Which Tiger Woods is in. Yes. Shot a one under on the first day um, and uh, played, played pretty good golf. And so, uh, really, it's exciting time i love this time of year and did i hear the nba tournament uh it is the playoffs, playoffs are just to right around the corner yeah um busy so sports season it is uh it's my favorite and time one of, of your favorite teams yes. was playing in the ncaa men's basketball yes finals, they were the, the unc tar heels uh, north carolina um they ended up losing uh by three uh, to kansas but um yeah so uh, it's just it, it it's super exciting time yeah uh, for at least for me how'd uh, you handle that loss um well i fell asleep and i had to look it up later really? <laughs> yeah they were winning by 15 at the half yeah as a matter of fact they were down 16 or, or unc was up 16 um, and uh, then lost. It's actually the largest comeback in NCAA history for a championship game, so I don't feel super good about that. Um, but they were a number eight seed, weren't supposed to be even in the championship game, so that's, uh, that's great stuff. We better get to our guest on the program today. Let's do it. This is a young lady that you invited uh, to the podcast. I'm really glad you did um, because she has made significant impacts in our life and in the life of our community. And uh, we are going to ask her to join us. Uh, on episode 32. As we promised, our special guest is a senior at Lancaster High School, and uh, she is both um, prongs of our purpose on this podcast, both the spirituality part and the sports part, and her name is Campbell Noland. Welcome to the Sports and Spirituality Show, Campbell. Hello. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you with us. Yeah, Uh, thanks for having me. Are you sassy? Not really. Not really? No, she's not. Uh, you would say she isn't? I would say she's okay. not. But she's on the SAS podcast, so that's why I assumed that maybe uh, that, uh, that she was sassy. Now, um, uh, Kelsey, what is your connection with Campbell? I know Campbell, and I've known her for the last several years, four years, maybe even, I don't know. I probably knew you a little bit in middle school through your brother, but through Young Life. Very good. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> what can you tell me about Campbell that you're pretty sure Campbell won't tell me? Um... 
Campbell is one of the kindest, most hardworking people, and she probably would never say that about herself because Uh she's also really humble. Um, I mean, I think she's very confident in her athletic abilities, as she should be, and I'm excited to talk to her about those things. But um, she is really fun to be around. She is um, really consistent and steady as a person. Her character, um, yeah, in pretty much all of my years of knowing her has, like, never really wavered she's just really incredible yeah awesome yeah. Uh, thank you for sh- uh, for sharing that uh, <clears throat> Campbell uh, tell us a little bit about you uh, let's start with uh, your mom and dad what do they do for a living so my dad is the Lancaster city engineer and my mom is the assistant treasurer at Fairfield Union very good um, you have any siblings? I think she, uh, Kelsey made reference to a brother. Yeah, I have an older brother. His name is Chase. He's 20 years old, and he's a sophomore at West Virginia University right now. WVU, mm-hmm. the home of the Mountaineers. Go Mountaineers. Yeah. <clears throat> In what city, Kelsey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she doesn't know anything about sports. No, no, no. Don't Hold tell um, um, Isn't... It Morgantown. It is Morgantown. The first city that came to mind was Charleston, West Virginia. Is sure. that their capital? It is. Okay. See, she okay. knows more about geography than uh, <laughs> than sports. You that's not. That's not my strong city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's stronger than your sports knowledge, uh, <laughs> uh, that's for sure. But that's not really saying anything. Um, so, um, uh, your brother's in Morgantown, West Virginia, uh, a, a mountaineer there. Uh, is he involved in any sports down there? Uh, he doesn't play sports. He okay. played golf in high school, but. Okay. Uh, very good. Now, uh, is your dad still playing basketball? No. Is your dad? Still I think he's officially retired. Really, at his age, he probably should. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, is he still left-handed? He is. Yeah. Uh, I played a lot of basketball with your dad, and um, uh, you know, I watched him play when he was younger. So he probably should retire now. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably that's probably wise on his. You're part. much older than him, so shouldn't <coughs> you be retiring? Hello. Hello? Uh, let's don't make this about me. We make it about the guests and their family. Um, yeah, um, uh, this is absolutely true, and Kelsey won't believe I'm telling you this, but I love playing with your dad. You know why? Why? Your dad's really good. My dad's aggressive. Yes, so am I, and, uh, but he's better than me. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, wow. I, I, see, I'm very humble yeah. of you. I, <laughs> wow. I knew, I knew she it's would. It's a rare moment. <laughs> But I, I love Mitch Nolan. He's great. He is. So he, I do believe he's a great basketball player. He is. He does a superb job. I love playing with him. Um, left-handed basketball players are um, relatively rare, and so they have. there's a different way that you defend them and, and interact with them and so forth. But uh, he did a great job. Uh, he's still better than me. But I'd still be willing to take him one-on-one. Oh, uh, I'm sure he would, too. Okay. All right. <coughs> well, well, maybe we'll work something out there uh, on that. Um, <coughs> so tell me about uh, your growing up years. So you grew up here in Lancaster? Yep. So I was born and raised here. I uh, lived in the same house my whole life. Um, and I started... So I started playing volleyball when I was younger, and well, I started with gymnastics actually. Did you? I thought I was going to go to the Olympics. Yeah. Um, loved it, and then I started third grade rec volleyball and never went back. I got you. Uh, who was your favorite gymnast? Gabby Douglas, all I the see. way. Mm. Yeah, uh, also a deep follower of Jesus as well, and uh, willing to be uh, vocal about that. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a Gabby Douglas fan. Matter of fact, she worked out here in Central Ohio. Uh, really? Yeah, there was a gym in Westerville uh, where she used to work out. Um, and uh, so that's, that's super cool stuff right there. Um, do you remember Mary Lou Retton? 
I don't. Of course you don't. Yeah, uh, she's old. <laughs> Yeah. I say that with so easy. much respect. Yeah, yeah, She's an now. Olympian, okay? <laughs> yeah. Steve's just old, so there's yeah. not much respect in that statement. No. He's not an Olympian. No, I'm not. But, man, I had a, I had a huge crush on uh, Mary Lou Retton in 1984. <laughs> uh, she's from West Virginia, actually. Um, she got a perfect 10 on the vault. Um, she won gold medal in the Olympics. Uh, she ended up driving a Corvette. Um, I don't know. That's a whole also lot about Steve's it. favorite car. Yeah. Uh, so we... <laughs> Uh, um, I love my wife, Stacy. <laughs> I should probably say that. Uh, but uh, 1984, <laughs> I might have, so might have had a crush on Mary Lou and uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe partly still do. Ah, so uh, <clears throat> you uh, leave the gymnastics world behind, the rings and the uh, the bar and the uh, uh, beam, and you go into the volleyball world in the third grade. Uh, tell me what happens next for you. Uh, did you realize right away, hey, maybe I'm pretty good at this, or I just love playing this game? What was happening there? Um, so I was in the third grade um, like rec program, and I just realized that I kind of had a natural talent for it. Um, really enjoyed it. Started doing other volleyball things. Um, I was introduced to Jessica Stevenson, which has been a really uh, big role model in my life. She's like my volleyball mom, um, and started doing clinics with her. She started her own volleyball club um, that I tried out for and started when I was nine years old. How about that? Uh, so club volleyball at nine years old. Yep, I was nine years old playing on a 10U team. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Um, and what position did you play? So I am a setter. Okay. Um, did you do, uh, play libero at all? Uh, no. Okay. Nope. Not, not, none of that. Mm -hmm. uh, and not a hitter. Nope. Started yeah. as a setter. And stayed a setter. Stayed. Yep. Uh, through uh, your high school career. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, very good. Um, so what do you remember about your elementary years as it relates to uh, the game of volleyball? So my dad was actually a coach of one of our rec volleyball teams. Um, I think it was my fifth grade year, and by then I've been around it for two years. I kind of knew what I was talking about, and my dad did not, and I was excited that he was my coach because then that means I could be the coach. Right. <laughs> um, so I made our practice plans, gave them to him, gave him the rundown, and then we went to practice, and he pretended like he knew what he was right. doing. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you ever call him out? Like, hey, Dad, didn't we talked about this. Remember we were going to run this drill second? And oh, I'm sure I corrected him <laughs> multiple times. Multiple. Oh, no, that's funny stuff right there. Uh, I have to ask you about this um, situation, about um, uh, your dad coaching you. Um, I, have, I, I have mixed feelings about it. I think sometimes... Uh, quite frankly, it's probably a, a, a no-win situation. Uh, you might be too easy on your kid. You might be harder than you should be on your kid because you're really trying to maybe correct other people's kids, but you uh, figure your kid can handle it. Um, and then there's always going to be somebody in the stands who says, oh, she's just playing because her dad's a coach, or she's not playing, and she should be playing, and her dad doesn't know what he's doing. Um, uh, so uh, how did you receive that on your end? Well, the rec volleyball program... Um, it wasn't that serious, so, and I was just in the fifth grade, so mm -hmm. I think issues like that can happen in, like, high school and when their kids get older, but I don't really remember any instances of being frustrated with him or him being frustrated with me, because okay. I was, yeah, one yeah. of his players. Right. 
Awesome. Did you still go to Dairy Queen whether you won or lost? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's really important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least it was for me um, <laughs> when I was a coach of mm. my kids' teams. Because uh, really, I'm the one that wanted to one, go to Dairy yeah, Queen. Yeah, of course. Yes. Uh, makes sense. Uh, so um, you graduate elementary school and make it to middle school. What's happening there? Um, so my middle school volleyball career started early. So our rec program goes until sixth grade and when I was in the sixth grade I felt like I was too good for it um so our seventh grade coach Beth Albanese um we know her through family friends and um my mom worked at the junior high that I was at so had connections to her and I became their team manager my sixth grade year so I practiced with the seventh grade team which I thought was the coolest thing in the world for sure um, and I think that was really good growth for me, starting as a sixth grader, put me ahead a little bit, um, but then went into my seventh grade year, excited to actually play in the games with my friends and actually be on the team. Right. Yeah, it's good stuff. And uh, do you have any fond memories of middle school volleyball? Um, we um, did this one drill every single day. It was a passing drill. And if you, our goal was to increase how many pass, perfect passes we could get in a row. And our goal was to get to 100 by the end of the season. And if we didn't beat our, like, high score, then we would have to do, like, a punishment for the, like, reps that we were, like, under our highest score. So. I remember our very last practice, we hit 100, and um, our coach threw us a pizza party. How so, about that? That's sweet. great stuff. Now, it sounds to me like a setter uh, would be really focused on the number of passes. Oh, yeah. Right? Because oh, yeah. Uh, it is the job, isn't it, mm-hmm. um, to be uh, make effective passes. If you're just joining us, this is the Sports and Spirituality Show. Um, alongside Kelsey Bull, I'm Steve Rauer. Our guest is Campbell Noland. She is a senior at uh, Lancaster High School talking volleyball. So talk to me about um, ebbing into the high school career. How did that process go for you? I was really excited to get to high school. Um, Coming in as a freshman, seeing all of like the older girls that I've looked up to for so many years. Um, I went to all of the open open gyms in the summer. and got to play with them and sometimes uh, most of the time they would like call me onto their court to like be their setter and as a freshman I thought it was so cool to get to play with the big girls and it just completely changed the game for me um, because I got to play at their pace which was not uh, normal for me. Yeah, very good. Now, uh, so you're on the JV team in the ninth grade. Did you ever get called up uh, to varsity? I was actually on varsity my freshman okay, year. Okay, very good. Um, so you uh, you got to play with the big gals, mm-hmm. um, and then, of course, playing with the upperclassmen there. Were you the main setter freshman year? Yeah. Got it. Very good. Um, how did you handle that pressure? It was definitely a lot of pressure. Um, I was just a naive little innocent freshman. I was there just to play the game that I loved. So I think um, I just kind of put it aside and was just ex- excited and eager to play. Yeah, very good. So you um, you start as a freshman at the setter position. Uh, when uh, when you continue to progress through your career, um, what are some of the developments that happened in your game and in your team from freshman year to your senior season? 
yeah, so as I got older, I got a little bit more uh, confident in, like, my abilities and, like, my leadership roles. Um, I, I felt that, like, I had uh, the talent and the experience to be able to um, grow some of the, like, younger girls and to take them under my wings um, just to, like, better our program. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. Talk to me about the importance of team chemistry, especially uh, as you work through from freshman to senior year. It's so important. Volleyball is a team sport, and if you're not working together, then um, you're not going to win. So uh, it's just as important as individual talent um, to be able to work together um, to get the win. So what's a highlight from your high school career there at Lancaster High School? Um, so a personal highlight for me would be um, setting the school record for assists, hitting 2,000. Um, it was a pretty special, special moment to get to experience with my team and just uh, reach the goal that I was striving for all four years. Very good. Um, and I think maybe we were there for that broadcast. I can't remember, uh, but I have some uh, vague memory of that. Um, and uh, that's an extra special deal right there. I think uh, you probably have to start as a freshman uh, in order to get to that goal. Uh, and then you also have to be very skilled and talented uh, to get to that position. So congratulations to you on that. Thank you. Um, what's next for Campbell Nolan as it relates to volleyball? Um, so volleyball, I um, am not going to continue at the next level and play in college. Um, recently, I have been um, coaching volleyball, um, and I play every now and then with friends, just pick up games, but um, I've really enjoyed coaching and um, getting to work with the young ones and just pass on the love for the game um, to them. Yeah, to talk to me about that transition from being the one yelled at to being the one that's yelling. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. At first, I, I was like, I've been around volleyball for such a long time. This is going to be easy. And then the first clinic that I ran by myself, I was like, wow, this is a completely, completely different perspective. So it's taken me um, a little while to like get my feet on the ground, but I think I'm starting to get the hang of it and I'm really starting to enjoy it. Um, but I coach um, by myself setting clinics for Lady Blue Knights Volleyball Club on Wednesdays. Um, it's just a setter tier training. So any setters from any teams can come and work with me. Um, and then on Sunday evenings, Jessica Stevenson, like I mentioned earlier, uh, my volleyball mom, um, coaches has her own um, clinic. It's called Dynamic Volleyball. Um, she's really great. I love her a lot, and I help her coach on Sundays. So she taught me how to play volleyball, and now she's teaching me how to be a coach. So it's yeah, been great. That's great stuff. Yeah, so you are leading in those areas, and then uh, obviously you typically start out as an assistant coach and then uh, uh, get that head coaching gig. Uh, what are the age ranges of the ladies that you work with? Um, so I, the young ones that we work with on Sundays are uh, fourth grade-ish is when they start them off, third or fourth grade. Um, and then Wednesdays I work with like uh, 13 to 16 year olds. Very good. Um, how hard was it a uh, decision for you to make to not play at the next level? It was one of the hardest decisions that I've ever had to make. Yeah. And uh, how did you end up landing where you landed? Um, so unfortunately, my last season of club volleyball, um, was a rough one for me. Um, I got put in a really hard position, um, 
and I ended up quitting halfway through the season just because it wasn't um, a good place for me to be. Sure. And it kind of took away just like a little bit of love for the game, mm -hmm. and um, it kind of I knew that I was uh, wavering in my decision of what to do next, and I think it just kind of helps me make that decision a little bit easier. Yeah, uh, and I think all of life is that way, Kelsey. You uh, maybe have had the same experience where sometimes we don't know uh, whether to go left, whether to go right, whether to go up, whether to go down, whether to go sideways. We don't know what decision to make. And there are elements that happen in our life that allow us to go, okay, now I see clearly this is the right thing for me. Have you had that experience, Kelsey? Yeah, absolutely. And I think something similar for both Campbell and I is that our faith often guides those decisions. I'd love to hear a little bit more about um because i was there with you like in life not you know physically with you but when you kind of made those decisions will you talk a little bit about how you feel like your faith impacted that decision for you yeah it was definitely a, a growing point in my life um in my faith um not knowing what to do and not having clarity um in that part of my life um and i really do think that um uh, that the Lord just kind of made clear to me that uh, this this is my plan. Yeah, I know for Campbell, um, there was a lot of prayer that went into it for you, and I feel like you really did weigh a lot of the options and had to have some hard conversations with parents. And I think oftentimes when we're faced with decisions, sometimes the hard things that we might have to do with the decisions are what deter us from making the hard decision, even if the hard decision is right. I think probably, um, I don't want to speak for you, but it could have been just easier to suck it up. And I mean, I know your situation was rough, but just keep going. Um, and dealing with it but I, I think something in you was telling you no I think this needs to be done for now yeah for sure um it was it was uh definitely a difficult place to be just because um I started playing well ball when I was in the third grade so it's all I've known um and to um, get over the hurdle of making that decision was um so difficult because I just didn't know what it, my life would be like without Yes, it's something that you love, right? And, and um, the, the, I've heard this said a lot uh, for athletes and athletics. Almost every athlete, I would say 99% of athletes, their uh, athletic life, uh, their um, participation in the sport that they love ends before they really want it to. Right, whether it's injury, you're just uh, father time. He's undefeated, right? Your dad retired from playing basketball like he should have because he's old. Uh, and so, <laughs> so uh, uh, father time's undefeated. He gets us all. Uh, or um, other things happen where it uh, removes uh, the opportunity or the joy or whatever. Um, and so uh, it almost always ends before we're really ready for it to end. And so. That's not really the question. The question is, how are we going to manage that? And what steps are we going to take uh, to uh, be uh, move forward uh, to what is next for us? Now, you're probably 17 or 18 years old. Uh, you've got... Um, the largest percentage of your life ahead of you. So whether you played uh, volleyball in college or not, uh, 30 years from now won't really matter uh, as far as defining who you are and the impact that you can make. But it's 
it, it almost always ends before we're ready for it to, uh, before we want it to, and uh, you've done a wonderful job of managing that. Uh, Kelsey, you, you made reference to uh, prayer, talking to people about it, um, and, uh, and then you know, your own personal contemplation, and I think it's the best way, don't you, uh, to come to any decision in life. Yeah, I do. I really think that um, there's a lot of wisdom we can glean from other people, and I, I think, you know, the the person or being that gives the most wisdom is God the Father. And yeah. so I think we often have to go to him and ask for wisdom, especially when it comes to situations that are really difficult. Um, and kind of as Campbell was alluding to, she had played volleyball pretty much her whole life since third grade. So um, to close the door on that chapter... Um, there's a lot of emotions in that for her, right? There's a lot that's wrapped up in that for her. Um, and she had a really incredible career and I, I would say has a really good reputation in this part of uh, the state um, for her volleyball career. And so to say um, goodbye to that is not an easy decision. Um, Campbell, will you talk a little bit about um, some of like maybe the challenges you faced over the years of playing volleyball and like the lessons you have learned from being so involved in this sport? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, being around it for such a long time, problems have uh, come up, uh, little minor injuries, uh, being on a team that I haven't um, enjoyed, like I mentioned, my last uh, club season. Um, uh, coaches have a lot to do with that. The girls on the team have a lot to do with that. Um, when you um, get a coach that you don't mesh with so well, um, can really just determine your experience. Um, or the girls um, that are on your team, um, if you don't mesh with them, then um, bad things happen. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and it does suck the joy out of it. Uh, it really does. Um, and when um, <clears throat> maybe other people have other ideas about what should happen, uh, there's a, there's right now there's a shortage in uh, referees. Um, I literally saw a tweet uh, this week about two baseball games that were going to be played without umpires because they can't find somebody to umpire the game. Um, I'm a, a licensed basketball referee. Um, uh, and when... People in the stands, coaches, even players. Um, I, I've refereed um, middle school basketball where the f bomb is being dropped. Uh, it, that, it, it just shouldn't happen um, in that uh, in that arena, and so uh, it impacts people's joy and desire to participate. I think they're paying me twenty eight dollars a game or something. Okay, oh, wow. uh, so is it worth it uh, for twenty eight bucks? Probably not. Um, and so we have to do we have to balance that, and that's a. Uh, uh, really, um, part of the of the challenge, but but what a great life lesson! Mm -hmm. To your point, oh yeah, uh, your coworkers aren't always going to be your favorite people. Um, your boss may not always be uh, the person that uh, you know you, you want to play cards with or uh, you know uh, hang out with. Um, and so, there's a lot of life lessons there. What about the lesson of winning and losing? How and managing that. Um, yeah, I am a really competitive person. Um, I'm a three on the Enneagram, uh, the achiever. Uh -huh. um, everything that I do, I make a competition. So uh, losing for me, it, it hurts. It digs deep. But um, if you're going to be a good athlete, you have to learn um, how to 
win well and lose well. Um, and that's a lesson that um, I think that I have grown in and uh, gotten better at over my years um, of playing the game. Um, I think you can... Um, losses help you um more than wins do because you can take um what you need to get better at and um learn from that loss um to create more wins um and they can just grow a team um in incredible ways yeah uh, very well spoken i think it is important to be a gracious winner uh, i don't know if you're aware but um in the um uh, March Madness brackets. Kelsey won last year, and she was not a gracious winner. Uh, she brings it up a lot. Uh, she uh, she gloats. Uh, and those kinds of things. Now, uh, she lost this year, and uh, so she's been eating humble pie for uh, quite some time. And uh, Just about a week. Uh, and she, she's not a very good eater of humble pie. This is the problem. This is the problem, Campbell. <laughs> the problem is uh, you got to be a gracious winner. And you know, she needs to be more like me, uh, who just uh, <laughs> ex- oh accepts uh, the victory uh, for what it is and moves on uh, to the next thing. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing because he knows that's all a lie. Uh, so there are a lot of life lessons that can be learned through both winning and losing, and certainly we learn a lot more uh, life lessons uh, through loss. How are you able to communicate that to the, uh, the gals that you're coaching? Um, yeah, it's um, a really great um, experience and a position to be in um, just because I've had so much experience um, and know so much about the game. Um, and uh, so I just am really enjoying this time of being able to teach these um, like important lessons uh, to the young ones. And what I'm really um, working on right now is teaching them that they play this game because they think it's fun. Um, and that's why we play sports. And a lot of times the fun and the love can get taken from a game and it can be uh, control so much, uh, so much of our lives. And um, so when they come in, um, Jessica Stevenson does such a good job of this as well, um, that you're here, you're in the gym to have fun. And when you're having fun, you're playing better. Um, when you're scared and you're timid and you're nervous, um, you, you fall apart. Um, you you're not having fun playing the game that uh, you wanted to play. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very well spoken. Um, and at the end of the day, I I would contend that it's way less about X's and O's, right? Bump, set, spike, mm-hmm. uh, pass, uh, kills, uh, digs, and way more in all of sports about the relationships that you build. To your point, it's so important that the coach build a good relationship with the player, right? Because when they know that that coach will run through a wall for you, guess what that player does, right? Uh, they'll give you the very best that they have. But if mm-hmm. they see you as uh, you know, condescending and overbearing and, uh, and uh, playing out of fear, they're not going to do that uh, for very long, and they're not going to be very good at it, right? So it's really about relationships. I want to ask you, because you were a part of this, back in 2020, uh, there was um, the the likelihood that uh, you weren't going to get to play, and I think you played in empty gyms, 
and I had uh, heard from other volleyball coaches that several players didn't even come out to play because they were dealing with the mental and emotional struggle that came with um, uh, trying to navigate what was happening in the world and in our community. And, um, and so this is where the point was reiterated with me, that it's less about wins and losses, volleyball over the net. Um, it was way more about relationship building because these ladies are going to be in each other's weddings. These ladies are going to go college together. These ladies are going to have kids at the same time. These ladies are going to be working at jobs together and coaching um, and all of those things. And it's about the relationship. And when you take a sport away, that's what you're taking away, not the X's and O's. You're taking that relationship thing away. So how did you manage that process um, during those times? Oh, yeah, it was definitely um, a scary time for I am blessed to be able um, to play the sport that I love with some of my very best friends. Um, I've gotten to play with them all four years um, of high school, and I know that uh, when we were in that situation, um, all we wanted to do was hang out and be with each other. We were um, excited to go to practice. We were excited to go to open gyms. We were excited to go to morning conditioning because we just got to see each other, and we got to hang out, and we got to... Um, uh, to just make memories together that we'll remember forever. And I remember um, uh, before our when our season might happen, might not happen, um, we were talking about who's going to put up a volleyball net in their backyard for us to go play, who, um, when and where are we going to go to a sand volleyball court to play. It, um, it was just about being together and, and playing a sport that we loved. Yeah, you obviously love the sport. That's why you do it. Um, but you know it was about those relationships. Not just loving the sport, but loving the people we're playing the sport we love with. That's a double love. And that's, uh, uh, that's to me, where the real power uh, is in uh, in those situations. Um, so, do you anticipate that you might be in one or two of those weddings, or they one of the two of those ladies in your wedding? I better be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think at the end of the day, because as we talked about earlier, the sport always ends before we want it to. Um, what doesn't end is those relationships. Um, uh, people do. Uh, are the thing that does matter most. And uh, it's putting your time and effort and energy in that is awesome. Um, I heard you um, make reference to uh, uh, Coach Stevenson several times. Now you are becoming that coach um, for the next generation. Uh, and so I think that is a powerful thing that you're doing. Uh, what Jesus said, he said the greatest commandment is to love God and love others. Uh, and so whenever you do that, take a sport that you love and teach other people to love it and then to love on those people, um, that is literally the highest level of achievement that I believe a human being uh, can attain to. Uh, and at uh, 17, 18 years old, you're already doing that. Uh, so we celebrate that. Yeah. Uh, anything else uh, that you wanted to make sure uh, that we learned from Campbell Nolan? Because a thought came to my mind a moment ago that I want to ask because I might have it wrong. Okay, well, this is probably my last question for Campbell. Um, as her Young Life leader and really friend, I've gotten to see her in a lot of different environments, and Campbell is a natural leader. She is not often the loudest person in the room, although sometimes at Young Life she can be. Um, but she, her, her leadership is confident um and humble uh but possesses a lot of wisdom and discernment and 
I think that um, I'm already seeing the legacy you're leaving on younger girls, but what is it that you would say to younger girls in high school, maybe specifically playing volleyball, but maybe not? Like, what encouragement would you give um, just younger girls in high school? Um, I would just say uh, be confident in yourself, be confident in your abilities. Um, uh, take a step outside of your comfort zone. Is That's when you grow, and um, that's when you... Uh, uh, change and um, and that's where the results happen. Very good. Two more questions. No gosh. Qu question number one um, is about your spiritual journey. Um, what do you anticipate uh, that being uh, the next step in your spiritual journey? Yeah. So um, I am attending West Virginia uh, University next year, um, and I um, have some connections to the Young Life world over there that Kelsey um, has gotten me, uh, so I'm interested in, uh, in uh, participating in Young Life at West Virginia. Outstanding. Um, and so will your brother still be there when you get there? We'll see. His plans are uh, currently up in the air, um, but... But maybe. Yeah, okay, very good. Uh, he's uh, blazed a trail for you down there at Morgantown, and maybe you'll have the opportunity uh, to enjoy uh, on that same trail right there. Um, <clears throat> I had this memory, and it might be wrong, okay. but uh, that I think you might have a grandpa who was a prominent uh, member of our community. As a matter of fact, I think there's a street named after him uh, off of, uh, in our area. Uh, Dave Bogeer Boulevard, I think it might be called, but I'm not 100% sure. Is Dave Bogeer your grandpa? He is. Uh, he is? Which yeah. grandpa is this? It's your mom's dad, right? Yeah. Okay, yes. okay. Um, so, um, uh, how did you navigate that? Because that had to be one of the weirdest <laughs> things you've ever experienced. To have to deal with that guy. Oh, Pappy. Uh, he's a special one. Um, he uh, will come to all of, all of the games, support me, and... Um, talk like he knows what he's talking about but deep down inside he has no clue <laughs> love it that you said that oh that makes me super happy right there um he actually joined me in one of the broadcasts and i can confirm he doesn't know what he's talking about i do remember <laughs> that <laughs> and he has two granddaughters who play yes yeah. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's a great guy. He was the uh, Lancaster Parks and Recreation uh, uh, Director or Superintendent and uh, did a tremendous job. Uh, the Keller Kern Park uh, here in the area uh, where um, a lot of disc golf is happening. Uh, but that's, I believe, Dave Bogier Boulevard uh, in that area right there. And uh, so uh, he's, a, he's a whole lot of fun. Uh, he taught me um, many things, but one of them, uh, he would, um, I think, is your grandma from South Africa? She is. Yeah, okay. So he said, hey, uh, I went down to South Africa. I said, oh, you, you went on vacation. He said, Steve, I'm retired. You can't go on vacation when you're retired. It's called being retired. So I went on vacation. I was just doing what retired people do. And so, you know what? I hadn't thought about it that way. So, Interesting. Uh, yeah, so that was really important to me to learn that lesson, the difference between uh, vacation and retirement. Have you ever been to South Africa? I have not. Would you like to go? I would love to. Yes, uh, so would I. But I, don't, I want to go everywhere. What about you, Kelsey? You want to go to South Africa? Sure do. Excellent. Okay, the three of us will be going to South Africa. We'll be doing the podcast from there. <laughs> uh, as Campbell Nolan will be coaching 
South African volleyball kids, um, and uh, Dave Bogier will not be going with us um, because uh, we probably won't be allowed in through customs if he's with us. So, <laughs> uh, but um, your grandma can come. Okay. Uh, you called him Pappy, is that right? Yep, Pappy oh, and BB. BB, I was going to ask you what you call your, your grandma. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, uh, Campbell Nolan, thanks for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, thank you for the example you set in high school. Um, uh, I went to high school a long, long, long time ago before both of you were born. Um, probably both of your ages together before you were born. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, it was it was challenging, not nearly as challenging as it is now uh, on every level, uh, but certainly the level of standing up for Jesus Christ. We live in the post-Christian, post-modern era. And uh, so it, it is more difficult now than it's ever been in the history of our country. And uh, gals like Campbell Nolan give uh, old guys like me hope. Uh, there is hope for our country. There's hope for our future. There's hope for our world uh, because people like Campbell Nolan will stand up for Jesus Christ. Uh, she will stand up for uh, loving other people. She'll stand up for being a good teammate and a student. Uh, she'll stand up for being a wonderful contributor to our community. She'll stand on the shoulders of her pappy, Dave Bogier, uh, on the shoulders of her dad, Mitch Campbell. Um, and she, uh, and then she's already letting young ladies stand on her shoulders uh, through uh, your coaching work there um, in volleyball. So thank you for being a difference maker, a legacy kid, uh, as it relates to uh, making an impact uh, in our community and in our world. Um, and West Virginia University uh, getting a great one in Campbell Nolan, and we celebrate that. Thanks for coming on the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Alrighty, Kelsey, that was episode 32. Are you going to stick around for episode 33? I'll be back. Will you really? Yeah. Uh, Campbell, could you help me understand <laughs> why uh, she has such a negative level of energy when I invite her back to the show? Do so, you know Kelsey has this issue. We, we call it tone issues. Tone issues, okay. You never know what you're going to get. I see. You, she could be so excited, uh-huh. and it sounds like she's terrified, right. she, or she just yep. doesn't want to be there. Okay. Yeah. Tone issues. Tone issues. Thank you for that. You know, this is helping me. I'm really glad you're on the podcast today, because <laughs> I, I feel a lot smarter. Kim, well, we um, could have done without that. Yeah, no, no, we couldn't have. We absolutely... I'm here for it, as the kids say. Um, and so, um, uh, do you do any tone issues coaching? Because I think um, we could coach her up here. Maybe you and I together. Um, I, I've been, she been, doesn't. She has no experience. I've been broadcasting for I'll quite a while. I'll tell you why my tone is the way it is. Okay. Three letters. Y-O-U. Uh, Y-O-U. Y-O-U. Uh-huh. Y-O-U. Uh-huh. Y- uh, yellow uh, operating umbrellas. I, I don't know. Y-O-U. What's that mean? You. Steve. Me? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I thought you were talking to Campbell. Campbell, I'm Never. sorry for the disrespect <laughs> that she's giving our guest on the Sports and Spirituality <laughs> Show. Uh, please forgive me and her, if you can, um, uh, with her tone issues and also the way she speaks about you when you're right here. Uh, that's terrible. Um, Steve so loves may- to twist things. Maybe you and I can coach her on her tone. Do <laughs> you, you have any hope at all that we'll be able to fix this problem? It's just... We love her anyways. <laughs> oh, we love her anyways. <laughs> yeah. But we would love her more if she could fix the tone issues? No, I think they're funny. 
<laughs> oh, okay. Do we want to screw it up then, right? It's uh, free entertainment, so we want to keep that going. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much um, for um, clarifying that. And uh, the gal who we're not really sure really wants to be here or not, uh, Kelsey Bull with Young Life Lancaster, <laughs> joined us for episode 32, and maybe, maybe not. She'll join us for 33. We don't know. We can't tell because of her tone issues, uh, but we shall see what happens. My name is Steve Rowell, and I uh, want to say a special thank you to Campbell Nolan for being our guest on episode 32 of the Sports and Spirituality Show. A special thank you to the Fairfield County Sports Network for making this podcast possible. And a special thank you to Price Custom Homes, our friends Greg and Mitch Price, for sponsoring the Sports and Spirituality Show podcast. You can get more information by going to the website, pricecustomhomes.com. The right time, the right home, the right price. Join us next week for episode 33 of the Sports and Spirituality Show.